Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast. This is episode number 32, Five Heart Podcast, of course, brought to you by Coronation and hosted online, jitterymonkey.com. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, coronation.com, jitterymonkey.com, all kinds of places for you to uh, acquire Coronation's Five Heart Podcast. My, my recommendation, if I have one, just... Subscribe on iTunes, and you can get the shows downloaded to your mobile device automatically every week, or at least every time there's a new episode. And speaking of, we're about uh, two weeks apart from our last episode, our last outing, if you will, which was before the Husker Spring Game. That's uh, so the last time I got to visit with my good friend, my uh, uh, fellow Husker fan and broadcast buddy, Mr. Brian Told Brian, how are we doing, sir? We're in the middle of one of the most overrated weekends ever. The NFL draft. Yes. Not a fan. It, it, it just, it, it, I think it gives a bunch of teams a bunch of false hope. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Granted, there's a you know like the first round. Yeah, there's guys that can help you, and there's a flyers in the second, third, fourth rounds. But you know, I think it, I, there's a lot of hype made on it just because the fact of the matter that oh look we drafted a third round cornerback out of West Virginia you know <laughs> uh, it's not going to lead to the Super Bowl you know and, and I'm not saying the draft doesn't help you because if you're in the first round you get a guy that's you know, well, I suppose you could say what first three rounds you can find guys you can plug play in immediately I would say that you have that capability but uh, Let's face it, how many busts, you know, there's more busts anymore now, especially a quarterback. Oh, sure. Especially your Cleveland. Be, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's all uh, about the, the hype train, you know. Um, and, and, yeah, I I didn't even watch it this year. I mean, now, granted, you know, there's still a day left in the draft, but I haven't watched any of it. I've been... I've been putting my efforts and my time towards other things. Plus, let's think about this. I mean, and I mentioned quarterbacks. You know, perfect example, uh, the Mahomes kid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Goes from an offense that, you know, a concept air raid offense, which is, you know, eight, ten plays max, you know, a game. Texas Tech. Yeah. Right. Which which the air raid is? That's what the air raid is. I mean, it's it's always been like that. And it does it mean that's what it was with me and Zeal. Sure. That's what it was with a version uh, the version that uh um Goff ran, Jared Goff. It's the version Cliff Kingsbury ran and coaches. Okay. You know, air raid guys tend to bust out a lot faster, but all of a sudden Kansas City picked them all. He'll have a year to learn. <laughs> Okay, yeah, he's got a year to learn, but, you know, there's so many things. You know, oh, take a snap. You know, a perfect example, Mariota. 
Marietta, you know, mm-hmm. Robert Griffin. Robert Griffin's another example of this. You know, yeah, I mean, they kind of, they kind of, I could say tinker that. the off, they tinker the offense around those guys. Um, but you never feel like it's, you know, a lot of the NFL is just coaches and OCs taking, taking from team to team, you know, I mean, when was the last, when was the last new offense? That stuck in the NFL. Uh, I can't. So, I honestly can't West remember. Coast offense. I, I, I was gonna say I can't remember like a, a year, but that that seems about right. You know, let's let's take a kid that's barely made one year worth of starts at North Carolina, give him the number two pick. You know, but the intangibles, Brian. Or the measurement. I, I don't know. I don't know what the hell. All uh, that. Uh, Obviously, I'm, I, if I knew all that stuff, I'd be a, a you know NFL scout or GM or something. But I don't know all that stuff. The, I, there's a reason 26 to 27 teams are out of it by an opening day. Sure. You know, there, there's, there's not. Reason, there's a reason the same three, four teams look really good year to year. Um, I'm just saying. There, there's not a whole. I mean, a lot of people have talked for a long time about the amount of parity in the NFL game, but I have to disagree. And, and like you said, there's there's not a lot of parity. There's a lot of mediocrity. You know, I mean, you've got a few teams that are that that have put it all together, and you've got 25 teams that you know uh, wet the bed. So. Everybody does the same thing. They really do. I mean, the two most prolific offenses you could think of are Pittsburgh. Okay. Mm-hmm. And New Orleans. I mean, not New Orleans. New England. Okay. Dallas is different because they tend to run it a lot more. You know. I mean, running the ball is an abnormality in the in the NFL now. It's throw, throw, throw. That's why this year you're seeing a bunch of defensive backs. Yeah. Right, and, and you know someone like. I think you go if you turn the the dial back ten years. Someone like Leonard Fournette's your top pick. You know. Yeah, and he's still good this year because he's, you know, the problem is the problem is they don't value running backs anymore. Right, that's as what I'm the saying. traditional guys. You um, know, like Christian McCaffrey, the Christian McCaffrey's the. The you know three down back you know. You have to be able to catch the ball the outfield, and it kind of it kind of falls into the college game, and you can goes into Nebraska's issue now. You know, you need guys that you know aren't are ju- aren't just runners, you know, just plod runners, but also guys that can catch the ball the outfield, outfield, catch the ball out of the backfield. <laughs> they can catch, they can, you know, make uh, make safeties and cornerbacks miss in open field. You know, I um I I'm reminded of something I heard on an episode of the Cobcast uh, where uh, Pat and Ryan were talking with uh, our good friend Hoss Reuter and, you know, all of coordination, of course, and they were talking about someone like Amir Abdullah and what he, as good as he was in, in the offense that he was in, how good he could have been if he was in, like, a Mike Riley offense where there were more, more you know, like, screens and things like that that, that would have, open things up a little bit more for him. You know, we, we only saw the tip of the iceberg, I think, in, in the offensive scheme that 
that you know he was a part of under uh, Bo Pelini and Tim Beck. But you know, in in like a Langsdorf offense, you know how how he could have potentially thrived even more. Yeah. So. So speaking of that. Yeah. Speaking of the Mike Riley offense. Mm-hmm. So we're off the spring game, and it wasn't. There was nothing. You know, there's nothing really spellbounding about the spring game to really talk about. I mean, the quarterbacks, yeah, the quarterbacks look good, yeah. You know, Gabby threw it a lot, yeah. yeah. I don't think there's anything you can really take outside the Tanner Lee noise. I suppose the biggest story what you could say is, you know, the recruiting hit from it, and that they're still kind of fiddling through that. But I think also the biggest thing is, you know, kind of wonder to me where's the running back um delegation going to go is it going to go trey bryant mikhail wilbon white Mazur? is divino zigbo or zigbo he really kind of wasn't doing too much compared to Mazur, i think i i think that in the fall and and obviously you know the spring has been so much about the quarterbacks and, and, and the depth chart there, who's going to be the starter in the quarterback competition. But I think throughout the spring and, and probably going into the fall, even though at least I haven't seen anything, you know, any statements come out as far as, you know, depth chart on that. But I think Trey Bryant's probably your number one running back. Yeah. So I think he's probably the, I think he's probably number one. We won't see a depth chart until what? Oh, week Mid-off. before the game? Week, week before the game, yeah. I mean, we could probably guess, I guess, but no, no need. I mean, I, I just, you know, that just seems like that's where things were trending. He was, he, he was pretty hot at the end of the season. Um, you know, showed showed a lot of a lot of good things. Um, uh, you know, uh, Wilbon is still. I don't know. Sometimes he just. I thought I thought he got better. This I, spring. Oh, I agree, but. For whatever reason, the last couple of years, it seems like he, he's been the guy in the backfield who ended up on the milk carton more than anybody else. So, Yeah, Trey Brown was part of that last year, though. Think about it. Early. Because you, you could afford to do it with Newbie. So. Yeah. Now you don't have Newbie. No. So, um, what, what's your – outside of that, what's all your take from the spring game besides nobody got hurt? Nothing – on not, nothing that I didn't expect. Like I didn't think we were going to see anything on the defensive side. You know, they they kept kept it very Manila, uh, and and Manila, Vanilla, Manila, Vanilla. I was thinking Manila folder. <laughs> I don't know. Millie, Vanilla. <laughs> uh, no, they. You know they they didn't show anything. They didn't have to, and that's why you know I, I think we saw the the score that we did. Uh, the Gabby is. Uh, uh, numbers kind of speak for themselves because on the other side you had uh, Lee and um, uh, O'Brien just kind of splitting time, whereas Gebbia had had I, I thought he saw more of the field. Uh, poor kid needs to eat a sandwich. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> you can tell he he's an early enrollee, uh, and and the um, the strength and conditioning you know year for him his redshirt year will will really do him. Uh, some favors. Is there concern for you or, or from you uh, for Patrick O'Brien if 
if he doesn't no. see a whole lot of playing time, do you do you think no. that you don't think he's he's going to be a kid who would transfer out? The narrative's fucking stupid. He would have gone by now. I'm just asking, man. No. Everybody wants to know when he's going to transfer. I, I hope he does. I mean, he would have done it already. I hope he doesn't. Um, obviously, I, I just, he's one play away from being in the game. True. He's one good Tanner Lee season away from being your starter. If if Tanner Lee has a really breakout year and goes to the NFL, yes. Yeah. He's one really bad Tanner Lee. Couple <laughs> Tanner Lee bad starts from being the starter. <laughs> But, the leverage he has is amazing here, so I don't get why sure. you would even consider. You know, no, what's the point of it? I, I completely understand and, and agree with you, but I, being the devil's advocate that I am, uh, for uh, reasons unbeknown to me, um, if if Tanner Lee has a good but not great year, I mean, good that he's successful and and not not bad that he's supplanted as the starter, but not good enough that he's, you know. I, I, it is. A, go ahead. There's a variable in that that nobody knows a lot about. How good is good enough? How how bad is bad enough? Sure. You know, nobody gets that. But if he's bad enough, he's not gonna. You know, there's no reason to not start Patrick O'Brien if you think he's better. You know. And, so. And that's the thing too. We didn't have a, a quality second option the last couple of years. I mean, it was Armstrong. Riker five wasn't a good option. Shut oh up. my God! Saying so. Shut up. <laughs> All I'm saying is that Riker five five heart wasn't a good option. Last minute, <sighs> motherfucker. You All hear I'm... this, everybody? <laughs> Great. Jesus. Great. Front page of Omaha World Herald now is going to be Coronation doesn't think Riker five was a good checking option. No, no, not even that. Greg Mahachko from the Five Heart Podcast. Doesn't think that Riker Five was a quality number two, quality backup well, option. Anyway, there's a Omaha, there's a Omaha columnist that will call you a jerk and block you on Twitter because you don't think Riker Five is tough enough. Wh- Ooh, which one? He might have already blocked me. Uh, the one that does the basketball crap. Oh, yeah, probably not. I, I, I got it. It rhymes with he Jarfneld. <laughs> okay, that's not. Wait, no, that was him. <laughs> I was just I, I go straight to Barfy. <laughs> uh, yeah, he blocked me for some unbeknown reason. Probably because you got me fired up one day and in a trolling mood, and then I trolled him, and he didn't care for that. So, anyway, anyway, um, anyhow, so no injuries, nothing was shown on the defense, which was expected. Um, it was boring, and a lot of people showed up and ate popcorn. And it was recruiting good. was good. H- had a good had a good opportunity, you know, on on the the Big Ten. Networks coverage, you know, they got they showed plenty of former Huskers, so you know that was always fine. I think when whenever you get the former Huskers, they kind of come out. I see it, and and maybe it's just them, you know, their way of kind of re- I don't want to say reliving the glory days, but uh, you know, coming out and and seeing their name on the on the um, you know the video screen again. But but I I kind of look at it as you know their own little stamp of approval on on the program and where it might be heading. Is that, is that fair assessment or? Sure, Bob. Okay. I mean, I, it's always hard to say with the, I would say that I was called the, um, I was called the spring game and infomercial. Yeah. Like you watch enough of it, you'll buy it. You know, 
It's like that 2 a.m. Remember that old show, Amazing Discoveries? Vaguely. Like a little bit, yeah. The guy who always, you know, they sell the the Apopil pocket food dehydrator. (laughs) Or how did, oh my God, how the friggin' hell did I ever live without the stick blender? What? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that one. I know, the emulsifier or whatever. Oh, you... I can make whipped cream without a blender. Oh my god! <laughs> no, it's like it's still a that's, blender. That's it's just a handheld. That's, that's the uh, that's the uh, that's a spring game for everybody. But it, it's you know, especially in recent years, uh, at least you know, maybe even longer. But you know, recent years when because of knowing you, I've followed recruiting a little bit closer. Um, it's isn't it's, it? It's the isn't info it a mind fuck. It, yeah, it's the infomercial for the high school kids. You know, it's a, this is like you're essentially saying that eighty thousand people came out to watch a scrimmage. Eighty thousand people showed up, and forty kids, forty kids, forty kids showed up to Lincoln on their own dime, right? On Easter weekend. Think about that. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. But that that eighty thousand has to impress the hell out of the 40 kids who came, you know, to Lincoln on Easter weekend on their own dime. Cause they look at that and be like, wow, they either really love their Huskers or there's really nothing else to do in Nebraska. Wow. CJ Beathard just got drafted. That is, uh, uh, the, in the third round to San Francisco. All right. Well, he's all the who way traded over. up for him. That's silly. There have been some you know, interesting I'll maneuvers. Ba- I'll say this about Bathard. He's, he's he's clunky, okay? But for a pro style offense, which they ran at Iowa, he was serve, you know, he was pretty good. I mean, I, I would say his arm strength is kinda wonderful. He can make throws. I don't know if you know the only Deep ball. I ever remember him launching was the one against uh, who did they play in the Big Ten championship game? Oh, Michigan State, um, where, he, where yeah. it was like nine to seven in the fourth quarter. He threw that sixty-yard missile that that uh, Smith caught for the touchdown. You know, mm-hmm. he's serviceable. I mean, no real complaints about him. I mean, yeah, Iowa is terrible. Well, you know. Who would you rather have, C.J. Beathard or Tommy Armstrong? Ooh, Tommy Armstrong. And that's a fair question. Liar. No, I'd say Tommy Armstrong. You want Tommy Armstrong's legs and C.J. Beathard's brain? I like like arms so strong. What can I say? Um, I was on it. Talking draft talk and and Big Ten players who went to, you know, know, I was surprised. Of course, I'm a Steelers fan, and I was kind of surprised they picked up uh, T.J. Watts in the first round. So. Uh, poor guy. I don't think TJ's that good. That maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm mean because I think the Watt family's kind of I think a smidge overrated. I don't think JJ's overrated, but I think the entire family name getting by on, T, on JJ's overrated a little bit. I think TJ did. I think TJ happened to TJ happened to come along at the right a time. Grouping that took, he took advantage of really well. Sure. So, well, paid off for him. You know, he's the first year on draft pick, so. And it's only money, right? <laughs> yeah, it's not mine. <laughs> I'm not rushing out to buy a TJ Watt jersey tomorrow. <laughs> Remember that when you buy Sunday ticket? Ooh, yeah. NFL Sunday ticket? 
I don't have no a... NHL Sunday ticket. Yes. Well, yeah, but I don't have I don't have Directv anymore. And, and you can get it on Time Warner. You can well, you can get that on on the Spectrum. Uh, they were gonna try to make it available to something like that. You can also get it online too. So. And I'll say this though, um, since the Rams have relocated from St. Louis to Los Angeles, and yeah. and I don't have the opportunity to see Pittsburgh, you know, in a relatively short drives, even shorter now that I have closer to St. Louis than I did uh, a year and a half ago. Uh, Pittsburgh has three road games that are within reasonable driving distance, and that's uh, in 2017 is Chicago, Indianapolis, and Nashville. So there's you a good chance. Just drafted? Hmm? You know who they just drafted as we talk? No. Running back from Pittsburgh, James Conner. You know what that the, the honestly the Western PA folks will will appreciate that they they like those they like those homegrown kids like you know they you know Franco Harris for his uh, I, don't, I don't want to know faults but for his stance I guess on on the Joe Paterno thing you know they still love Harris in Pittsburgh for you know immaculate reception and a couple you know Super Bowl rings things like that so. Anyway, we're moving off topic. Um, yeah, well, there's not really much to talk about. Well, Other than if you want to talk about Zach Gannon and Dwayne Johnson leaving, which really should piss you off because that makes two guys in the 2013 recruiting cycle who are offensive linemen who didn't contribute really one goddamn thing to Nebraska football. Hey, but you know, who, you know who recruited him? Barney Cotton. I was, well, yeah, I was going to No, say. take that back. John Garrison recruited Hannon. And Hannon was – I don't think Hannon was bad. I think Hannon – if I remember right, Hannon had a couple injuries. Dwayne Johnson. Now, I'll say this one thing about Dwayne Johnson. Okay, yeah, He's got a bright future in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, I'll say <laughs> – shut up. Anyway. I'll say this about Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson's lucky he even got his degree for Nebraska. Because Dwayne Johnson – the first two years of Mike Riley was not on the 105-105 when uh, camp started. I remember, I remember you mentioning that, or, or a, it was potentially a, in the coordination report. So a scholarship player once, okay, it happens, so be it, fine. A scholarship player twice, two years in a row, you know. And then he goes down to A uh, and M, Texas Tech. Tech, okay. Which and I don't get how I could see Hannon playing at Kansas. Okay, mm-hmm. Dwayne Johnson played exactly two games for Nebraska in four years, and both were on special teams. It seems like it's get, it, 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 based on you know that. I don't want to say that's a. Let me put it this way: that's a relatively small sample. Uh, you know, to go from it, it seems like he would have been. More suited for, um, like a you know a smaller school, you know, finish out his no, career. Arkansas really wanted Dwayne Johnson. Really? Yeah, they were. It was Nebraska. I want to say it was Nebraska, Arkansas. I want to say Nebraska, Arkansas, Oklahoma was final three. And yeah, I, I know I'm right on Nebraska and Arkansas. I can't remember if it's Oklahoma. Or not. I'm pretty sure it's Oklahoma. So he had his choice between Big 12, Big 10, and SEC. Yeah. And he went Big 10, and now he's going back home, right? He's he home, I and mean, he's he's from the Texas 
Tech he's area. from Houston, so I don't think it's really going home. I think he's in his home state. Right, well. you, ever, you ever drive? You ever drive Lubbock to Lubbock to Houston? You you can get a lot of thinking done. You know the extent of my Texas driving is to and from Dallas, so yeah, twice. That, All right, well, I'll tell you what. And people, if if you if you've never been, I mean, you might think that like Scotts Bluff, Gearing, Sydney, or Ogallala to Lincoln's a long drive. Ain't nothing longer than being two and a half hours into Texas and not being to Dallas yet, knowing that you still have another half hour to go, and that Dallas is very much on the eastern side of Texas, and there's about fourteen hours west of Dallas if you want to get out of da- of Texas. Where, where did where did you come Where did you come from, Shreveport? No, uh, uh, Texarkana. Oh, Texarkana's not bad. We, I mean, we, there's we worse drive. drives. We, yeah, no, no, it was an easy drive. It was all interstate. It was just, uh, it was just long. I take that back. The first time I drove down there, it was pouring down rain so bad that sometimes you know people like were slowing down to 25 miles an hour on the interstate. I thought they thought it was snow. Um, In May. Yeah, sure. Why not? Snow um, in Nebraska this weekend. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, lucky um, them. It's storming. It, it stormed here today. I do remember. You know, when I went to Bull USBCs in Albuquerque, I couldn't, you know, normally you take the, uh, what they call Jacksboro Highway mm-hmm. up through Wichita Falls up to 44, is it? Which is Route 66. I'm, I'm officially like, just smi- uh, smiling and nodding right now. I'm taking your word Yeah, well, I'm, I couldn't take that road because there was a bunch of tornadoes near that day. Ooh. So I went through, I took the, I took the scenic route and I'm by myself in a car with no, with no, uh, no uh, cruise, okay. I went from Dallas. I went from my house, which is my smack and diddle, middle Dallas Fort Worth, okay, to um, Abilene to Lubbock. Now the funny story is, I'm, I'm between Abilene and Lubbock, okay. And I've been calling, and my brother's in Albuquerque. He's he drove down. With his buddies from Lincoln, and uh, he calls me and goes, "Hey, where are you at?" I said, "Oh, I'm, he- I'm on this road." And I goes, "What well, mile marker?" And I tell him, "Like this." Why? He goes, "Look to your left." And I look <laughs> to my left, and about two and a half miles, let's say about two and a half three miles, I see a funnel cloud. Oh Lord! Now you got to remember, it's me, and I'm not the lightest guy in the world. Okay, Greg can attest. And I got me and my bags and about 160 pounds of bowling balls with me. Now, wait a minute. Ten bowling balls. <sighs> That's an awful lot of bowling. Do you need ten bowling balls, Brian? I was bowling USPC National, sir. Yes, I did. Okay. Well, but why, go, well, why, why do you need that many? Because what you see in the first part of the tournament and what you see in the second part of the tournament are completely different things. Gotcha. Oh, you mean like how the oil changes yeah. on the lanes and things? Correct. Gotcha. Okay, carry on. So, so I said, well, car's got about 170,000 miles. Let's see how fast Bessie can get. Because <laughs> this is coming. So I'm going, and I'm, I'm going on a pretty good clip, four-lane road, about 90. And I see a cop behind me and going, well, hopefully I can get out of this. You know, and he... And he turns his lights on to the side of me. And he points, says, get behind me. And I'm like, you ain't got to tell me twice. <laughs> I get behind him and 
We get about 95 to Lubbock. And I pulled into the gas and he ended up pulling the same one. I said, I'm not going to get a ticket, am I? He goes, he looked at me and goes, I was going to get mad if you didn't follow me. <laughs> I'm like, that's awesome. All right, all right. All right. He goes, don't do that anymore. I said, no, 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 no. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Good. I burned through a ton of gas, but hey. Sure. But then, you know, that's a boring drive. Well, it wasn't made boring by tornadoes. But then I got the, I go from Lubbock to Amarillo, and then I look at the map, and oh, I got four more hours west of Amarillo going uphill into Albuquerque. Yeah. With no um, cruise control. I'm so sorry, Brian. Nobody cares. You don't care. I do. I, feel, I have. I. You know what? You say that all the time. That I say I'm and sorry. Then, and then I really there, do I have empathy. I get there right. I live in Texas. I get there. My first thing my brother says, "You want some Tex-Mex?" No. <laughs> no, I don't want Tex-Mex. Where's Hooters? <laughs> oh, you want to go to Hooters? Yes. Well, stop asking stupid questions. <laughs> well, there's a casino over. Um, let's go. Let's go eat dinner there. We can't gamble. We'll determine that later. Let's go. <laughs> Boiled like crap. Came home. Everything was all right. Now, I didn't bowl like crap. I threw it all right, actually. That's what I mean. Now, you mentioned, you know, obviously bowling and, and nationals. Let's talk briefly about the Nebraska women's bowling team. Uh, tough. I mean, it, it just was, and I think you, you said this, uh, but it, it seemed like it was McKendry's weekend, uh, you know, a couple weeks back when they won the national uh, championship. But but it brings me to a a larger question. Now, when you went to Nationals Bowling, that was indiv- individual, correct? Kind of team individual, all that jazz. Okay. Um, but if it's if it's something like this or, or, you know, like league bowling, you know, if you want to really simplify it down, uh, can they really I – mean, what's the mentality – the, the psychology are you even worried about what the other team is doing or are you just kind of like golf and you know you got to be in really kind of tunnel visioned and and just going out there um, and doing the best you can that's actually that's actually a really interesting question um when you get to a tournament like that you know the first day you basically you're bowling seven games against the other seven teams and you're really just bowling to find something in a bracket you know you're trying to bowl between you know between, you know, be the, between the first seed and the eighth seed, you know. And I think what happens is when Nebraska is this, they, and you can kind of see it on the telecast if you watch the telecast. If you don't, if you haven't yet, go back on, you can go and watch ESPN and find it. Nebraska really, really, really struggled on what they call the fresh, and basically what that is is when the lanes are freshly oiled. And it's your first, the first balls going mm-hmm. down the lane. They really struggled all tournament with this. And, 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 I, and I remember mentioning it to a lot of people saying, hey, you know, Nebraska's going to hurt really bad when it comes to the fresh. And when it comes to the beginning of the turn, beginning of everything, they're just going to be really hurt really bad. And I, and, I, and I remember telling everybody in the room, I said, listen, McKendry's going if, to, if we can survive the first game or two with McKendry, there's a shot. If we can't, then they're just going to whip us out of the building, and that's what they did. You know, and, and, and there was no shame in Nebraska how they lost because 
if you use hindsight, let's think about this. Hindsight, McKendry not only won the NCAA Women's Championship, okay, they also won the USBC, United States Bowling Congress, Intercollegiate Team Championship on the women's side, which has only been won once before. Nebraska didn't do it as Maryland Eastern Shore. It's very rare that teams bowl both. It's kind of a it's kind of a money crunch. Nebraska could do it, but they choose not to. Huh. And their men's team, McKendry's men, won the national championship, won the US uh, IBC's men wise last year, and they finished second this year. So there's there, there's something going, you know. There's a nice little thing going uh, down in uh, Lebanon, Illinois. Lebanon, Illinois. Yeah. Lebanon. You know, and, and you know, and it's fair. McKendry threw it as Nebraska got lucky to make it to TV. You know, straight up. And if McKendry didn't win, it would have been a really big upset. Yeah, Nebraska was the ones he going in the tournament, but you could tell Nebraska just wasn't that good. And McKendry was just way better, and the TV show proved it. Nebraska was about two and a half bowlers, and McKendry was full five solid. You know, Julia Bond, Julia Bond, who anchored for Nebraska, who's probably one of the best, who's one of the best players in America this year, just didn't have a great weekend, and it happens. I mean, it just sucks when it happens, but it happens. So, we're much All right, for those for the eight of, the eight of you left on this podcast. I was gonna say we're we're much more accepting of of the women's bowling taking second nationally than we are of and and, and I'll say one, <laughs> one more thing I'll say one more thing I'll say about it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't ever get to watch. Um, don't ever watch the women's team until it's the final match for the NC Championship Day on TV right there. You know. I tend to watch a lot of it only because it just, you know, it just interests me and I can watch a lot of web streams and everything. The way that a match goes on TV where, it, you know, I don't know if you watched it or not, they're both five frames commercial, five frames commercial, five frames commercial, you know. Seems like it'd be difficult match, to catch like any actual rhythm. That, yeah. That match literally in real time without a camera takes an hour max. Yeah. For seven games. And, uh, what what happens is if you're not used to it when it just el- you know elongates itself you know it's it's really hard you know you're asked to throw a shot every crap 15 minutes mm-hmm. let's say and, and it's not easy you know it's it's not an easy condition you struggle with it all week um, and, and you're trying to throw your best shot and you know it's really easy to go you know, game four, game five is when it gets a little easier. Game one, when you know your nerves are there, and you're, you know, and that and that was one of the things that I kind of wondered about with Kendry. Would would their nerves be okay being on TV for the first time like that in a big stage? Sure. On you know, and and if you watched, it was a it was it wasn't an actual true bowling center. It was a it's a constructed center that USBC is is using this year for their women's championship. Hmm. Um, if you're not used to it, it's really kind of hard. But McKendry did well in Nebraska. I thought probably could have done a little better. Um, a couple of girls, I thought, you know, it, it, like I said, Nebraska finished. Nebraska has finished first or second every year for the last five years. Um, it, it's really hard to sit there and say, you know, we didn't do well. The fact that Nebraska got there after they almost lost Saturday after, morning on the stupidest technicality known to mankind. Right. Yeah. After Friday and early Saturday was 
early Saturday, you know, you, you beat a team, then all of a sudden you realize you one of your players did something un, not good, and you have to end up into bowling a roll off. So, it is what it is. I mean, it happens. So, got there, it was good, it was cool. Yeah. Final uh, topic before we wrap things up here. The, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of the word. It's currently escaping me. Um, it's a promotion that they were doing over at Ohio State this weekend for uh, the baseball uh, series between oh, the Buckeyes. Buckeye hat. Right, but, but I was trying to think of the the uh, the word that wasn't promotion, but it was anyway. Uh, yeah, so so they have a picture of uh, uh, Brutus dabbing on these hats that they were giving to the first four hundred students to go to tonight's game or Friday night's game, which uh, of course was postponed, and they're going to finish it off that suspended. one. Suspended. Suspended. Postponed means Sorry. they just stopped it. You're right. Try again. You're right. Suspended for tonight. They're going to pick it up tomorrow and then play tomorrow's game after. So a, uh, not quite a double header, but a header and a half, if you will. Um, but can we just put an end to the dab? I mean, it, I, I know that that's coming off very old manish, but has it has it not been played out? Sure. Okay. Brian's on board. All right, that's it. That's it. That's the end of our episode. We agreed on something. It's a good All time right, to wrap up. <laughs> Brian, uh, have a wonderful week, and we'll talk again uh, if all goes well next week. Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo? Raggy. <laughs> all right. He's Brian Told. My name is Greg Mahachko. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this uh, episode of the Five Heart Podcast. And, uh, of course, it is brought to you by Coronation and hosted on the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network, where there are other podcasts that might might just uh, be of interest to you. There's the My One Two Three Cents podcast with uh, Kevin Huntsberger. That's all about your professional wrestling, both on the uh, national, international scenes and and some more regional promotions. Uh, there is Positive Cynicism with Chad Smart, and uh, that is more or less what it sounds like. He he's trying to remind you to be positive by putting his particular. Uh, cynic- cynical uh, spin on things, so check that out. And then I want to be on his podcast because, man, that sounds like we <laughs> clash. Uh, be, why? What would you? What would your opposite of that be? Negative. Buddy, we're gonna we're gonna we record for two hours and want to stab each other. <laughs> Chad Chad's a pretty nonviolent guy. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> things change. <laughs> Uh, but you can check out uh, Positive Cynicism. And, uh, of course, my other podcast, uh, which is the now the oldest podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. Don't let the numbers fool you just because Kevin has 127 episodes because he records regularly, and I have 74 episodes because I don't. I've been podcasting on the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network, which I co-founded uh, back in June of 2013. So that's when I started Nerds United. And if you like comic books, Star Wars, movies, whatever all that other good stuff that's where you'll find it nerds united all of these shows are available on itunes and of course jitterymonkey.com but this is the five heart podcast and i do appreciate you tuning in share it with your friends and leave a review on itunes for brian toll i'm greg mahachko reminding you that five heart is all the heart you need go big red this is a production of the jittery monkey podcast network 
for more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. 